everybody and welcome back to episode four of I Don't Care with Alexia Stefano. I'm so excited because today I have someone who I've looked up to for quite a while since I've met you, honestly, Christina, who is a medical esthetician. So do you want to just like talk about yourself for a second, introduce who you are and what a medical esthetician even is? Sure. Um, hello, I'm Christina. Hi. Um, I am a medical esthetician and phlebotomist, actually. Yes. Um, and so a medical esthetician is somebody that deals with people's skin. Um, so in an aesthetic sense where I'm helping to really just create new healthy skin, but in a medical setting. So I work for a doctor, we work with nurses, we use medical grade lasers, devices, medical grade skincare. Um, and then after I became a medical esthetician, I went to school to become a phlebotomist. And what's that? A phlebotomist is someone who draws blood. Mm -hmm. So it really is just a fancy word of saying that I take people's blood. Yeah. So typically a phlebotomist is someone that would work in a hospital setting mm -hmm. or like at Life Labs. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to use it for medical aesthetic purposes. So I specifically use it for skin rejuvenation, um, scar treatments, and uh, hair loss. What about, um, is it IPL, which is the vampire facials? No, IPL is intense pulse light. So that's a light therapy. Oh, okay. Um, we do BBL at BB. the clinic. Yes, which everyone knows as the Brazilian butt lift. Mm. Uh, but no, it's broadband light okay. with us at the clinic. Um, and then vampire facial is PRP. PRP. So I knew it was one it, of those. It's three like, a, yes, the letters. Yeah. Uh, platelet rich plasma. Okay. And then we do PRF for okay. hair loss, which is platelet rich fibrin. So there's Ooh. a little bit of a difference between the two okay. there. Yeah. So because I'm wanting you to explain what a medical esthetician is, because every time I say medical esthetician to people, they're like, oh, like an esthetician? Yeah. And it's like, no, it, they're very different. Yeah, we are very different. So an esthetician is someone that would work in a spa, for example. Mm -hmm. They would do facials. They would do, um, like, uh, hair removal, waxing, yeah. that sort the of nails, thing. nails. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you went to a spa, an esthetician would give you a facial. Mm -hmm. um, they would maybe do some extractions of blackheads. They would do a lot of waxing, that sort of thing. Yeah, because when I was talking to you about becoming a medical esthetician and people were asking, like, what you wanted to do, and I was like, become a medical esthetician, they're like, oh, certainly you could do better than become an esthetician. And right. I'm like, well, first, estheticians are great jobs. You're having fun doing all the beauty stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, but it's not, it's like different. It's not the same thing. But also, I want to do whatever I want to do. Absolutely. But then I didn't end up going through with it at all. So. Well, see, and I didn't want to become an esthetician because I wanted nothing to do with removing people's oh, hair yeah. and waxing and spa grade facials and yeah I, spa just, grade facials that's not fun at all yeah like to me it's just I don't really want to massage people's faces mm. and sit around putting masks on and yeah. waxing their bikini lines like it's fantastic if that's yeah. what you want to do I know a lot of estheticians they love what they do yeah um but it just wasn't what I wanted mm -hmm. to do and I had worked in skincare and makeup for so long that I knew I wanted to take it further but mm -hmm. aesthetics wasn't the route I wanted to take I wanted to be more medical let's talk about that how did okay. you discover your love for makeup and skincare 
was it something that you always knew you liked? Yeah, when I was in high school, I actually started working for the body shop. So I was oh. 15. And would you my, recommend stuff from the body shop? I, I would not. <laughs> um, body, yes, mm -hmm. but skincare, no. Now I've learned a lot and... Uh, <laughs> No. Yeah. I mean, neck down, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, use all their body stuff. Use all their fragrances. It's yeah. a great company. They they have a great moral code, which was really important to me as a yeah. teenager. I was all about animal rights. I was all oh, about, yeah. you know, protecting the environment and cruelty-free. Yeah. And uh, the Body Shop was one of the only companies back then that were really forward thinking. Mm. And so that was one of my first jobs. And then I fell in love with skincare. Then I moved away years and years later to Grand Prairie, Alberta, of all places, mm. and I went to a beauty boutique there, and I started running the beauty boutique. Oh, nice. Yeah, as an assistant manager. So that's when I really got into more of the cosmeceuticals, mm -hmm. um, which is a higher-end skincare line before you get to medical grade. Mm, okay. So there's like Shoppers Drug Mart, Neutrogena, yeah. Oil of Olay. Then mm -hmm. you get your cosmeceuticals, which are um, like your ordinary drunk elephant, yeah. La Roche-Posay, mm -hmm. and then you get to medical grade. Okay. So I was trained in the cosmeceutical department to that point, mm -hmm. tr changing people's skin. I yeah. truly was. But there was something missing, and I felt like I, I could do more. Mm -hmm. um, so I did some research, looked into how I could work for a doctor or New nursing wasn't something I wanted to do. Didn't want to go to school for four years right. for yeah. skin. Yeah. Um, and found medical esthetician. So I left Alberta, moved to Vancouver, and mm -hmm. eight years later, here we are. That's my next question, actually, is how okay. was it to move to go to school? Because you, Crazy. Moved, you moved straight next door, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, by the way, I forgot to mention, Christina was my neighbor, but yes. they recently moved. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you moved right away with yeah. your husband but you didn't even know he was going to be your yeah, husband. Yeah, it's an then. insane story. Yeah. Um yeah, I was in Alberta and decided I wanted to become a medical esthetician. Yeah. So I went on Craigslist actually mm. looking for a roommate. Yep. Um and this house was literally like a 10 minute bus ride away from the school, so yep. I thought how perfect is this? Just the one bus, the 188. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. 188 taking me to um taking me to my school. Yeah. And um yeah, it just so happened that the house was being, the room in the house was being rented by a guy who was going through a divorce, mm -hmm. and he, you know, had a lot of bills to pay, yeah. just purchased a company, you know, there were some, uh, some financial things that had come up, and he needed a roommate, yeah. and... Well, one thing led to another, and he now, eight years later, is my husband. We have two kids together, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and yeah, so I, I went to school, and mm -hmm. I became a medical esthetician, yeah. but I also became a wife and a mother yeah. in that uh, time frame as well. Yeah, okay, we're going to jump, because I do I do have that as a question, too, but it was going to be for later on, but we're here now, so yep. that jump, because going from someone who is you know, just dating someone, whatever, single, it doesn't matter your dating status, but alone essentially to then having one kid and working to then having two kids and working. Was that like struggling? Was it hard emotionally or like 
How was that process? Um, I actually never really wanted to become a mom. Yeah. I was very career driven. I was very career focused. I, I wanted to climb the career ladder. I wanted mm. to get as far as I could in my career. Um, there are limitations being a right. medical esthetician, uh, limitations being a phlebotomist when you don't have your nursing, when you mm. aren't a physician. Obviously, yeah. there's only so much you can do. As mm -hmm. you know, you can only take it so far. Yeah. I really wanted to take it as far as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And I thought that motherhood would prevent me mm. from getting there. Yeah. Um, and I worked really long days. Like I, I would work usually 10 hour days with oh, the wow. doctors and yeah. I worked for two when I started in the industry and, um, yeah, motherhood was not something that was on my radar at all. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, on our one year anniversary, I got pregnant mm -hmm. and uh it was a huge shock for sure trying to figure out how I was going to balance my career and how I was going to be a mom yeah um and I figured it out yeah yeah you can tell that you figured it out yeah I trial like and error quickly it yeah. seems from the outside at least that you're like oh I got the hang of it but yeah I do you are I mean, I am like you in the sense of career driven. I don't want kids. I'm mm -hmm. all like, mm, my career is number one to me. Yeah. And so just the thought of having kids, I'm like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah. That was and me. That was you. But you can have both. You right. can. And I've learned that. I thought really, you know, having children and becoming a mom meant that I had to give up mm -hmm. my career or I had to give up who I was. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, um, Her life was devoted to her children. Yeah. And that was what I thought mm. I would end up like. And yeah. not that it's a bad thing to be a stay-at-home yeah. mom or to give up your career to be a mother. I mean, my mom was literally put on this planet to be a mom. Mm. Um, and she was the best mom that you could ever ask yeah. for. But that was also a very high bar to live up to. Mm -hmm. And I knew I never would. Mm -hmm. I will never be my mom. Um, I will never be that person who gives 100% yeah. of themselves for their children. My children are my everything, yeah. but they are not my only thing. Right. Yeah. And so that was really tough in the beginning, trying to navigate being a good mom yeah. and being a good career person and having people understand that, yes, you can have both. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't too. Because I, just because I don't want kids doesn't mean I don't see the balance between the two. I think that when there's a mom who works and is a great mom, it's just showing their kids that you can do everything. Absolutely. And you can be all versions of who you want to be. Yeah. So I think it's, it's good. Yeah, and you know what? My biggest piece of advice would be really focus on yourself mm. and then once you figure that out you'll probably know if you want to be a mom or not it's right. not for everybody yeah you know I mean from what I've gathered I really don't want to be a mom I think you have tons enough. of time to figure out if you yeah. want that or not and you might be one of those women who solely focuses on their career and yeah. then you end up 36 37 38 having your first kid I want to be like normal it's normal now yeah. to be that I was a very young mom yeah. um and I was not ready for it and I was not prepared for it do I regret it absolutely not right. my girls are the best things that ever happened to yeah, me awesome. but um yeah it was a big learning curve for mm -hmm. sure so when you were graduating you graduated top of your class mm -hmm. which is Great. Yeah. I'd like to think I graduated top of my class too, <laughs> but nobody told me. Um, were you nervous about 
getting work or were you like, no, I've got this in the bag? No, I was super nervous. It's a very tough industry to get into. Um, They don't tell you that in school. They, you know, they obviously tell you that it's a, it's a very open industry and Mm. it is. I mean, especially now compared to when I got into the industry, there's a clinic on every corner at this point. Um, You know, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's very, very common now to get Botox, to do dermal fillers, to take care of your skin. Back then it was just sort of becoming mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, Back then being? Eight years ago. Okay. Yeah, which is actually a long time in this industry. Because mm-hmm, that's really not yeah. a long time. No, it really isn't. But people were still very scared to come out to say they did Botox. 18-year-olds mm-hmm. weren't getting their lips filled. Um, you know, people didn't know what medical-grade skincare was. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very different industry eight years ago than it is now. People still don't know what medical skincare is. That's do true. You wanna, do you want to explain what it is? That's true. So uh, medical-grade skincare is skincare that has been formulated for physician or medical-grade use only. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a clinically proved proven skincare brand that has white paper clinical studies to back it. So in order to get a white paper clinical study, there are certain steps you have to take to be able to obtain those white papers. Um, And so it's a very rigorous clinical procedure and... um, And it costs a lot of money Mm -hmm. to do these sorts of things. So a cosmeceutical, like I mentioned earlier, for example, something that you can buy at Sephora, Mm -hmm. um, they do not have the same criteria. They don't take the same steps Mm -hmm. to prove that their individual ingredients and their individual products Mm -hmm. have been, um, you know, taken by these pharmaceutical companies or these labs or these scientists, these doctors, um, they take the ingredient and they go, oh, mm. we use retinol. Right. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. But what does your retinol do? Mm-hmm. Is your retinol clinically proven to work within the layers of the skin? Right. Is your product such a fine particle, such a small molecular mm-hmm. weight that it actually can penetrate into the tissue doing what it needs to right. do? Yeah. No. They can't. Yeah. So their money goes to marketing. Mm-hmm. Their money goes to pretty packaging, to yeah. ads, to mm-hmm. advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas all the money in medical grade skincare goes to the product. Yeah. Goes to the trials and the science. And when you use both versions of the products, right, you can see how good the medical grade yeah. stuff is. I mean, there's yeah. no comparison, really. No, the other week I had a consult with a patient, and this happens all the time, where they feel like they're on really good skincare, mm-hmm. and they come in feeling really good right. about their skincare regime, and they're mm-hmm. telling me, oh, you know, I use Paula's Choice, and I use mm-hmm. the Ordinary Niacinamide, and they're yeah. throwing out all these fancy terms. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's great and all, but if you were really happy with your skin, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't be, be sitting here. in my chair, right? right? Yeah. And so then I educate them on the difference between what they're using and what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, well, I'm on a 3% retinol. I'm like, well, no, you're not. Yeah. Because I could put you on a 1% mm-hmm. prescription grade retinoic acid yeah. and it would literally blow your face off. Mm-hmm. So you're not on 1% retinol. Yeah. Um, and a couple weeks into this regime, I put her on, she messaged me and she was like, yeah, you weren't kidding. (laughs) My face is literally falling off. Yeah. And it just goes to show that whatever she thought she was doing and those percentages she was using really did not, Mm -hmm. um, did not equal to what I could do for her with medical grade skincare. Yeah. Even for me, the, both 
the um, 0.25% and then the 0.5%, my face didn't react at all. But then you saw because I put it on my neck and I didn't know I was supposed yeah. to. My neck had a rash. and Neck doesn't itchy. like retinol. Yeah. No. Last night I was so tired. I was doing my retinol and then I did put it on my neck and I was like, oh shit. And But I left it. I just put my cream on, but nothing's happening. One night won't won't kill you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'll do a few nights in a row. And then I literally look like I've had an eczema breakout on my neck. And yeah. then I come off of it for a week. And then I'll do it one day here, one day there. Mm -hmm. You want to give your neck a little bit of retinol. But okay. typically what you put on your face, you wouldn't put on your neck okay. as far as retinol goes. Okay. Other things, it doesn't matter. But Yeah, because I remember when I was rashing out, people were looking at me and were like, oh, yeah. and you're recommending these products? Yes. And I'm like, yes, 100%. Yeah. I just, guys, I used it wrong. <laughs> Don't look at me I just this wasn't don't use it here and that's what a lot of people's face will look like actually you yeah. had a great reaction to yeah. retinol you have a thicker skin mm -hmm. you're more prone to oil yeah um you have larger pores mm -hmm. those are all things that will benefit you in the long run too you'll True. you'll age at a slower rate you'll yes. have less wrinkles Yay. um the problem with that kind of skin when you're younger is acne, mm -hmm. oil control, blackheads. Yeah. But that skin always does better with retinol because yeah. it's more tolerant. Um, so a lot of people will actually look like hell when they're trying to mm -hmm. retinize because their face is literally shedding, peeling, red, itchy, burning, falling mm -hmm. off. Um, but that is a short window, a short period of time. Yeah. And then the skin eventually does learn how to tolerate it. I was really hoping that I would get the purge. I was like, I want to see this. Even my mom didn't. Um, but she's not. She's still on... She's on a low dose. Yeah, and she's with yeah. the other brand. Uh, Skin Medica. Skin Medica. Yeah, so. yeah, very different way of, of retinizing. Yeah. yeah. And so one day when she gets on to Zio mm -hmm. and the higher doses, I want her skin to purge. Because she's got drier skin too than me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I luckily never had acne. I'll get like some really big zits here and there, but I do get congested. That's yeah. always on my forehead. Me too. That's the most annoying because I'm like, what am I doing? It's, oh, that's my, that's my thing because I'll have really nice skin and then one day it's just boom, yep. a bump and I'm like, oh, it's the worst. That's that oil. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so even with, um, sunscreens. It always makes me look like a grease ball, which I don't mind because I'll just powder if I need to. As long as I'm wearing my sunscreen, I don't really care. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, why does it have to look like that? Also, I'm using the Elastin sunscreen that I'm pretty sure isn't certified or whatever in Canada. How did you get the Elastin sunscreen? I found it on Marketplace for really cheap. And this girl was selling it. Hold on. Let me show you. So this woman said it was her birthday. And that her friends bought her Elastin products, but she didn't want to use them because she has her own routine. So I was like, I'll buy them. She's like, okay, how much? And I was like, 30 bucks for everything. These two products and the sunscreen. Knowing that this product alone is expensive, like over what, 200 or something? Well, this is also, this is very interesting because this Huge. is a back bar size. So this is something that wouldn't even be available to the public. So someone has done something very, very naughty mm. because in my industry, you are not allowed to sell back bar skincare to people that are not patients. You I'm pretty have... sure it literally says somewhere do not sell. Oh yeah for sure this is a back bar size of the restorative skin complex so you cannot purchase this 
if you are not a, a medical esthetician using it for back bar purposes in clinic. Well, here this I am. gentle cleanser, yes, that you can retail. And then the Elastin sunscreen, yeah, is not available in Canada. I'm pretty sure that one says do not resale on it. Uh, the little sticker on the back, and I just look at that, and I'm like, ha, but I got it. For 30 bucks, I got these products. That's insane. And Especially they're all sealed since this restorative alone would be about $300. I know, because I was looking on the website before I bought it, because I wanted to make sure that it was, you know, legit or whatever. And I only saw the smaller size, and I was like, well, this size is yeah. smaller and so expensive, so I can only imagine what this price is. Yep, someone so, in the industry obviously got some complimentary skincare mm. and then gave it to a friend mm -hmm. and the friend sold it. Yeah. So the, and the friend could have made so much money. So much more money. Thirty dollars for mm -hmm. three Elastin products. I, as soon uh, as I saw it, I couldn't I couldn't pass it. Oh god no. But if that uh if that girl gets caught, she'll probably get let go from her clinic. So uh -oh. that's a big no no. That that's some tea over here. But, I didn't know. I but didn't you're know benefiting, that. so I did. I power benefit to you. so much. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Holy shit!" And I went around telling everyone. I was like, "This girl on marketplace is selling all these products. She doesn't even know the worth of them." I'm, and here I am. And I'm gonna scoop them all up. Yeah, this is some of the best skincare in the industry. Wow. That you got your hands on. Yeah, this I don't use often. I just use a couple nights because I don't want to waste it. Because yep. I'm like, as soon as it's gone, I'm. I won't be Yeah, this is again. the liquid gold of the Elastin skincare line, the restorative mm. skin complex. So that's your Trihex technology, which is really essentially your peptide complex triggering your growth factor, um, your fibroblast cell to create new growth factors, collagen and elastin. This is super anti-aging. Mm. Um, and there's a plumping and firming technology in that one too. So Ooh. fine lines, wrinkles, mm -hmm. all of the good stuff. Yeah, yeah that one is... That's the baby. Yeah. Take it, good care of that one. Oh, I will. Um, okay, this is kind of a broad question, but I feel like you might, I don't know, maybe talking about sunscreen, you might go somewhere with that or somewhere else, but what is something about skincare that you want people to know? Um, yeah, sunscreen is is a big one. Yeah. Um, sunscreen's huge. So whenever I see someone in consult who either looks incredibly good for their age mm -hmm. or who has extremely poor skin quality. Right. Genetics play a huge role, but typically it's their sun protection mm -hmm. and their use of sunscreen. Um, I had a consult with a 52-year-old woman yesterday, and she looked phenomenal. Her mm. skin was in such incredible shape. And I asked her, I said, you know, do you avoid the sun? And she said, oh, yeah, I, I break out in heat rashes. Ooh. I don't do well in the sun, so yeah. I've always avoided it my entire life. Um, she said even back in the day when no one wore sunscreen, mm. there I was in a hat under an umbrella mm -hmm. protecting my skin with sunscreen. And it truly showed. She had the skin of a 30-year-old woman. Wow. She looked incredible. Um, and then, you know, a couple weeks prior, I had a consult with a woman who mm -hmm. I thought was probably in her early 60s and she was in her late 40s. Wow. Mm -hmm. oh and my her God, skin was... so scary. Oh, it was in such horrible condition. And um, she loved the sun. Mm -hmm. And so she was there for sun damage, but mm -hmm. she had a home in Palm Springs that mm -hmm. she lived in six months out of the year. She was retired. Um, she'd done really well. She was in real estate. She retired early yeah. and now lives six months of the year in Palm Springs, six mm -hmm. months of the year here. Nice. But um, yeah, her skin was weathered. Mm. It was not in good condition. Ugh. And so I can 
get your skin a lot of life back. Yeah. I can I can easily take a decade mm-hmm. off of of that damaged skin. But if you're going to keep going out in the sun, right. you're going to keep point? you know yeah. not protecting it. Um, then there isn't much point. Yeah. So sunscreen would be probably the the most important, and retinol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Retinol is the other thing mm-hmm. that I tell everybody. Unless you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Retinol for life. Mm-hmm. Hugely anti-aging. Oh, no. I As soon as I tell people that I use medical-grade retinol, they look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, you're 19. I'm yeah. like, okay, and? Yeah. One day I'm going to start aging, and that day will be longer, like way more in the future, because I'm using retinol on sunscreen. You'll look far younger than your girlfriends, I can tell you that mm-hmm. much. I always say that, too. They're like, I don't need sunscreen, or I don't want to. I want to age naturally, and I'm like, okay, go ahead, but, but I'm going to look hot. skin cancer, so I mean, yes. you know, it's more than just anti-aging. I say that, too. Oh, yeah, because um, one of my best friends, she is a person of color, so she's like, yeah, my melanin will protect me, and no. I'm like... No, not from cancer, certainly. No, from a burn, sure. Yeah. Um, Less risk of developing, you know, a melanoma most likely than someone who is white and doesn't have the same amount of melanin in their skin. But no, you are still very much at risk of developing skin cancer Mm -hmm. um, and also aging at a more rapid rate. So I I try and educate my patients all the time. Anti-aging and skin cancer protection, mm-hmm. huge. Just put your sunscreen on. Yeah. I tell them, you brush your teeth in the morning, put your sunscreen exactly. on. It's, it's the as same easy thing. as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if I'm sitting in my home on a Saturday on a cloudy day and I'm not leaving, mm-hmm. I brush my teeth, I put on my sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Always. I even have alarms throughout the day to remind me to put my sunscreen on to That's reapply fantastic. it because I'll forget, mm-hmm. not just because I'll be busy doing stuff. And so, to remind myself, I have my alarms. I'm only that good on sunny days, but yeah. on normal days, like today, for example, I wouldn't reapply. It's okay. not necessary, mm-hmm. but on sunny days, reapply for sure. Yeah, I usually, when it's um, days like this or when I'm feeling lazy, I'll just reapply once. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Um, also, because I'm like, I don't want to... I don't want to reapply all the time, too, because then I'm just out of product sooner, and Very then I have true. to buy it again. Only reapply on the sunny days. Mm-hmm. Taking a step back <clears throat> to the sun, can you explain why it's dangerous, other than, obviously, we talked about cancer and hyperpigmentation and that stuff, <clears throat> but why else should people stay out of it? Just, I really want to emphasize sun safety. Um, well, I feel like if you're worried about aging, if you're worried Mm -hmm. about the health of your skin and keeping your skin as healthy as possible, the sun is the number one, um, destroyer of our skin. Yeah. So what happens is you have UVA and you have UVB rays. The UVA are the aging, the Mm -hmm. UVB are the burning. Yeah. So a lot of times patients will tell me that they just use sunscreen in the summer months because they're worried about the UVB, the burning rays. But the UV rays, um, the UVA rays, the aging rays, Mm -hmm. they're always present. Mm -hmm. Whether the sun is out, whether it's a cloudy day. Yeah. Those rays are always constantly penetrating. They penetrate through glass. Um, We now know that blue light breaks down our collagen and elastin. So that's the light from our lighting in our homes, Mm -hmm. our offices, our computers, our phones. Mm -hmm. We now know that all of those things age us too. So our sunscreens are formulated to literally act as a shield Mm -hmm. to protect our skin from breaking down, degrading, keeps our skin as healthy and as protected as possible. So if you're not even, you know, if cancer isn't even on your radar, if you 
it should be, but I mean, a lot of girls, mm-hmm. especially 19, yeah. 20, 25, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. It, but they do care about getting old. Mm-hmm. That is something in my profession that I see constantly. <laughs> Young girls, especially yeah. nowadays, are terrified of a wrinkle. They're mm-hmm. terrified of getting old. Yeah. So I tell them, well, then the best thing that you could possibly do is put your damn sunscreen on Mm -hmm. and throw some retinol on at night. Those are the two most important things. Mm -hmm. So from an anti-aging perspective alone, sunscreen is everything. Yeah. It is everything. Mm -hmm. And all of our medical grade sunscreens are moisturizers too. Yeah. So a lot of people feel like, oh my God, I have to put a moisturizer on and then I have to throw like a heavy goopy white sunscreen Mm -hmm. on and medical sunscreens are not formulated that way. Mm -hmm. It's your antioxidant, it's your moisturizer and it's your sunscreen in one. Yeah. Super lightweight. Uh, like you mentioned before, they might go on white, but they blend in. Yeah. Or just grab a tinted one. Yeah, exactly. That's my foundation. I just yeah. wear tinted sunscreen. Yeah, when I use tinted sunscreen too, I I mean, I never use foundation anyways, but yeah. I just oh, I just look so gorgeous with yeah, that tinted you're sunscreen. Yeah, yes. any little imperfection that you might have gone yep. I feel and I that's it. another thing too with treatments if you're trying to improve those imperfections yeah you can't have an active tan right so a lot of mm. times in the summer months the clinic slows down as far as the bbl is concerned the lasers are concerned mm-hmm. because so many people are developing tans and then they can't do treatment do people so, come in with tans and then you guys notice it and are yeah like, we can't do it for yeah, you and we'll we'll tell them they have to go and we'll have to reschedule them which sucks for both parties I mean we book months out um, at our clinic Mm -hmm. and so getting those appointments are not easy yeah and then when we finally get you in to be turned away Mm -hmm. um, you know it wastes our time right and it you know now the patient has to wait until the tan is gone and then they have to wait until there's an opening right so on both ends it's not ideal Mm -hmm. and we educate do not get a tan wear your sunscreen protect Mm -hmm. your face Mm -hmm. um and yeah I will turn you away if you come in with a tan because you'll end up with a nasty burn Mm. and I don't need that neither do you yeah exactly I was getting my makeup done for something and the makeup artist looks at me to see what concealer and foundation to use and she goes oh you have gorgeous skin, but I can just tell that it's screaming to get darker. Like, your skin is screaming for a tan. And I'm like, well, she can keep screaming, but this sunscreen, she's like, I know, but don't you ever just want to give your skin, like, what it wants? And I'm like, I am, with sunscreen. Wow. Yeah, it was, They, the makeup artist and the photographer both don't really believe in sunscreen, and I was like, that's fine. You guys do you, but I'm I'm gonna wear my sunscreen. And they yeah. did keep saying you have gorgeous skin, and I'm like, there's Thank a reason you. for that. Yeah, yeah. If you want color, go get a spray tan yeah. or throw on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a self tanner. But no, the sun is. Yeah, and that's the thing. You shouldn't need pounds of makeup to cover up your imperfections if you can just treat your imperfections with skincare. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one thing that I always tell my patients. They'll say, oh, what makeup do you use? I don't wear makeup. I wear tinted sunscreen, Mm -hmm. throws on some bronzer. If I'm really tired, concealer under my eyes and off I go. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're having to put so much makeup on to cover your skin then go back to the source of the problem which is your skin treat that and then you won't need all Mm -hmm. of the makeup yeah and it's such a difference like 
good skin with no makeup mm. versus you know troubled well even skin good with, skin with makeup i know you know, I know. Like as soon you, as i put concealer on i'm like ooh, i don't like this yeah it feels heavy mm-hmm. it feels weighed down um but what you know a lot of my makeup artists now finally realize too um if their skin is in great condition, then their makeup looks so much yeah. better. So that's one thing too. If you want to wear makeup, go ahead and mm-hmm. try and, you know, use good quality yeah. makeup. Try and find a mineral when possible so the skin can breathe. It's mm. not being weighed down by all that gunk. Yeah. Um, but if your skin looks good, your makeup is going to look so much better. Yeah. So get to the source of the problem, fix that, and then your makeup, if you want to wear it, will look far better than yeah. if you are... Yeah. suffering from poor skin and it helps with confidence too oh totally when you look good you feel good yeah exactly and when you feel good leaving your house without any makeup on like that is yep that's just oh I love it because um I only wear makeup for work because on yeah. camera you kind of want to but other than that I just have one drawer I have four drawers of skincare yep. and then the one top drawer is makeup and I yep. barely touch it and yeah I have a slew of makeup and I probably put it on once every few months Mm -hmm. when my husband and I are going out for dinner or if I you know I used to wear it a lot more because we'd go to conferences and um you know I would be on camera a lot more and then COVID hit we were in masks so it's like what's the point yeah exactly but now I now I that we're not masked I'm still not wearing nearly as much makeup because there's there's not much yeah. point putting it on if you don't need it I only do my eyebrows because I always do my brows thin. today I didn't but mm. I always do my brows I usually like when I go to the dog park and stuff I'm like why the heck would I do it but today I was like no let me get a little put together and put a these little brows bronzer on. a little mascara mm-hmm. a little brow a little gloss is yeah. all you need and then let the skin yeah shine I always people are always telling me when I say I did a full glam for myself they're like I can't even see it like you're wearing makeup right now and I'm like yeah well I mean I blend yeah I like to make sure that there's no lines or anything yeah because you see certain people sometimes you're like oh I do not want that makeup on me yes so I, I make sure I blend everything always important we're gonna play a little game hmm. it's called crap or fact or technically fact fact or crap okay Crap or fat? What? I'm struggling right now. Oh, I wrote it down as crap or fact. So this sounds terrifying. It's pretty much just I'm going to say a statement. Yeah. And you say if it's true or crap. Okay. So and this is like a true or false. Yeah. Okay. And then you could ex- explain if you want. So the first, essential oils are better than chemicals. I don't even know what that means. Essential oils in products. So... An all-natural product made from essential oils is better than products made with scientific chemicals, all of that in it. Got it. Okay. Um, Well, that would be false. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Essential oils are fantastic. I I diffuse them in my house all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You can put them in your bath. Mm -hmm. You can throw them in your hair. Uh Put them all over your body in a cream. But um, oils are not good for the skin. Mm. Um, Now, a lot of people will tell me that that is incorrect. Mm. But from a medical grade perspective, we know that oils are inflammatory to our skin. Mm -hmm. So Zaino Baji, the dermatologist who um, founded and owned Zio, Mm -hmm. which is a medical grade company that we use, um, he was really the pioneer in medical grade skincare. And through 
all of his clinical studies and all of his science, he has found that oil leads to inflammation. Mm -hmm. So we come from a perspective that oil is the enemy, reduce oil, increase hydration. Yeah. Essential oils are not going to necessarily harm your skin, but they're not going to help. Um, so a lot of patients will say, oh, I use coconut oil. Oh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. just nothing but inflammation mm-hmm. and clogging. Oh, I know. I used, I used, I did a trend yep. where I only use yep. coconut oil. Put it all over your body oh, and your yeah. hair, but keep it away from your face. The, mm-hmm. the skin on your face is so thin yeah. that it has it requires certain ingredients and it cannot take in such an occlusive product like yeah. coconut oil. Um, I really like rosehip oil is fine to remove your makeup as long as you're cleansing it off. Mm, yeah. um, you can put like there's a lot of almond oil in medical grade skincare, mm. jojoba oil. Yeah. There are certain oils that are blended in to act as calming agents. Mm-hmm. But when patients are just putting essential oils or pure mm. oils on their face, it's a big no. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, preservatives, so parabens, in uh-huh. skincare are bad. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I say no mm-hmm. because a lot of medical grade skincare is formulated with um, some preservatives and parabens just to keep the product active yeah. to, to, you know, increase their shelf life. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of literature to support that they are bad, mm-hmm. but there is nothing that has been clinically proven to show yeah. that they are creating these mm-hmm. so-called cancers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and whatnot in our bodies. Yeah, um, no one has actually come out and physically been able to prove mm-hmm. that putting a paraben or a preservative on preservative on your face absolutely leads to yeah. skin cancer. It's just, it's not proven. But the sun absolutely leads to skin cancer. That we 100% know. Yeah. Yeah. I was driving home uh, last night from picking up my daughter mm-hmm. from her Taekwondo camp, and the sun was out on the left side of my face. I didn't mm-hmm. have my hat because I just come from work. Right. And I had the visor, and I was doing all these things, and I could literally feel my uh, face melting yeah. off. And I'm looking like a nut job <laughs> driving down the highway trying to, like, duck out of the sun. People yeah. probably thought there was a... a bug in my car um and I'm doing everything yeah. I can because I'm like oh my god I can mm-hmm. feel my face burning yeah oh it's the worst feeling yes it and really so when is. you're on good skincare yeah. you you don't want to be in the sun mm. because it doesn't feel good no you're trying to find the shade yeah even so. at the dog park if I feel because I bring the sunscreen with me obviously if I feel even on my body a little burn that's it I'm reapplying and I'm I'm already in the shade but I find a better part of the shade yep and everybody looks at me like I'm crazy and I'm like good skin guys this is what you gotta do for good skin absolutely they're like you are 19 and I'm like I do not care if I'm young no this is when you start absolutely it's all about prevention everything I preach is prevention yeah so you're doing a great job thank you okay homemade products are better than I'm sorry homemade products are more trustworthy no. Yeah. Definitely not. You yeah. have no idea what you're putting into your homemade product. You think you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your coconut oil mm-hmm. and you've got your almond oil and your then sugar. you've got yeah, yeah, you know, and you're blending that. it all together and then you're slapping it on. Mm. But what's it doing for you? You don't mm. really know. There's no science behind it. Nothing is clinically proven. Yeah. Uh no. Definitely yeah. not. Put it like I said, put it on your body. Make your own body butters mm-hmm. and do what you got to do. Make your own bath bombs yeah. and 
throw some Epsom salts and oils mm-hmm. in there, sure. But mm-hmm. the skin on your face needs something yeah. else. It needs something more. Yeah. Um, okay, this is another little game, and it's called What Would You Do? So pretty much I'm just going to say something that maybe a patient would come in with, and then you would say how you would treat it or what you would do. Okay. Um, so what treatment would you give someone who wants to reverse hyperpigmentation? So sun damage or just dark spots, period. Yeah. Yeah. So hyperpigmentation comes from, um, an injury. So -hmm. let's say you had an acne breakout, you picked it, you hyperpigment. Mm -hmm. Uh, sun damage is different. That is just pigmentation that's been brought from the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, so typically I would treat them in a very similar fashion. I start usually with BBL, broadband light. That light pulls the pigment out of Mm -hmm. the skin. So it either pulls the sun damaged lesion or it darkens the hyperpigmentation. Mm -hmm. And then the skin goes through a period of five to seven days where it kind of crusts, sloughs off, looks like little coffee grinds on the skin, and then all the pigment lightens up. Um, You typically do a series of three treatments, Mm -hmm. five if it's severe. Yeah. Um, BBL can also treat active acne, so Mm -hmm. I'll do a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. I'll do the blue light for the the bacteria, the sebaceous gland, and then I'll do the red light for the hyperpigmentation Mm -hmm. and the scarring. Um, With sun damage, you don't do that because it's not necessary. You just focus on the red light um, and you're just treating those, those layers of pigment. So that's how I would typically start. And Mm -hmm. then once that really, you know, epidermal layer has been sloughed off, then we go into microneedling um, or we'll go into halo. Mm -hmm. And um, halo is laser, erbium laser. So definitely one of the most aggressive forms of Mm -hmm. treating hyperpigmentation Mm -hmm. or sun damage, but the best. Mm -hmm. Because I know... Nothing works like halo. One of the girls at the dog park went to a medical clinic to get rid of some sunspots and stuff. And I think she did... If I can't remember, I think she did... Oh, I don't remember what the treatment was. It IPL, was a layer, probably. Maybe, I think it was IPL. Yeah. She did three treatments of it, and nothing happened, so she stopped. Okay. And so I was, I was like, well, I'm going to ask for you. So, so that's a go. sign of melasma. Mm. So if you are doing IPL, which is intense pulse light, or mm. BBL, which is broadband light, um, your pigment should be lifting Mm -hmm. and resurfacing Um, if you're not seeing any improvement and that pigment isn't budging Mm -hmm. you most likely have a different um, skin disorder which is melasma and lots of people get that during pregnancy right? yeah melasma is really common in pregnancy it's triggered by a hormonal Mm -hmm. uh, change in the body so pregnancy is one photosensitizing medications Mm -hmm. long-term birth control Mm -hmm. can be one Um, and it's triggered by the sun So the hormones trigger the melasma Mm -hmm. and then the sun triggers the darkening of the Mm. melasma. So there's a very good possibility that she has that. What would you do with a patient who does at-home microneedling? I would be worried. (laughs) I would be worried for them. Um, uh, You know, microneedling, people don't think that it's an invasive procedure, but it is. It's little needles. You're, 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 you're essentially puncturing and breaking the skin. Mm. Um, at home, microneedling devices too are not medical grade devices. Yeah. Um, God knows what those needles look like under a microscope. And how do you clean them at home too? I'm sure people dunk them in alcohol. I have no idea what they're doing um, with at home devices. I've had a couple patients tell me that they microneedle at home. A lot of people dermal roll, so right. they'll have those little rollers with those 0.5 little needles still not 
bacterial yeah you know it's it's a, a disaster um for bacteria in the skin leading to infection mm-hmm. but micro needling is mm-hmm. a whole other level because mm-hmm. you can go up to two 2.5 millimeters in the skin mm-hmm. and do some serious damage oh. um there's so we carry skin pen at the clinic the skin pen under a microscope the needles are perfectly smooth they're extremely um sharp yeah which is very important as right. well because if you have a dull needle mm. and you're trying to ablate that yeah. skin you're actually tearing mm. and you're damaging the skin more so than initiating a healing response and I feel like you could see that on people who do at-home treatments oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I mean three medical grade skin pen microneedling treatments right. you should essentially have new skin whereas if you're doing it at home, mm-hmm. I really don't think that you're going to get the same results. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, you're really increasing your risk of infection, bacteria yeah. entering the skin. Also, when you're in- introducing needles into the skin, you're creating puncture wounds. Mm-hmm. The skin is then open. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you putting on your skin? Are you putting on inject? There's a difference between a good skincare product, Mm -hmm. even medical grade, Mm -hmm. and injectable grade. Mm. Very, very different. So 99% of the medical grade skincare we have at the clinic cannot be applied immediately post microneedling. So you give it little um, kits? We'll give a take-home kit. We have post uh, microneedling kits that we'll give. Mm -hmm. Um, Halo laser resurfacing, they get a whole slew of product after because your risk of infection is so much higher. Yeah. Sunscreen can't be applied post microneedling. Mm, So you would think, oh my God, my skin is this open wound. Yeah. I was bleeding. I'm red. I'm raw. I need to protect it. No, because Mm. sunscreen is not safe for eight hours, even 12 hours following microneedling because of those open channels. Sunscreen Mm -hmm. should never be at that depth. Mm. So people would think probably at home, oh, I'm going to slap on my sunscreen. You're actually doing more damage than good. Yeah. Um, And I've seen in the industry, not us personally, but just people in the industry talking about doing treatments at home mm-hmm. and how unsafe they are because they've seen some horrible infections. Um, things can really go wrong and you don't think they can until it happens to you. Yeah. So no, don't I, treat I know. yourself at home. Yeah, do not do it. Don't oh. do it. Well, it sounds like a good idea. It's not. Just go spend the money. Yeah, it, go to a professional. Or don't do it at all. Yeah, yeah. Or save up your money if yeah. it's really important to you um, and see a professional. Yeah, I don't go on TikTok, but I know this is a huge thing. I don't either, so right? I don't know. Yeah. But we'll figure it out. So do you know what Vaseline slugging is? I've heard of this, but I don't. Okay. I've heard of slugging. I took a screenshot of what people say it is. Okay. Slugging is a skincare trend which includes coating your face in petroleum or Vaseline. This is meant to prevent transepidermal water loss and keep moisture in your skin. It's best for dry skin types. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about putting Vaseline and petroleum on your face. Oh, for the love of God. Okay, so (laughs) transepidermal water loss Mm -hmm. um, is when you are not giving your skin the hydration that it Mm. needs. You're not just losing water Water. in vast amounts, which would then Mm. mean that if you 
put a whole whack of Vaseline on your face that all of a sudden now you are creating hydration or locking it in. Um, And that's where I've seen the slugging trend is with physicians and plastic surgeons and derms on Mm -hmm. Instagram being like, please stop slugging. This is not working for you, but I've never looked into what it is because I've not had anyone ask me, thankfully. Um, You need to put medical grade Mm. hyaluronic acid into the skin Mm -hmm. you need to put peptides ceramides you need to trigger your own ability to create hyaluronic acid so like a lot of patients will tell me um oh well i'm on you know hyaluronic acid well if it's a cosmeceutical what you're doing is you're putting hyaluronic acid on topically Mm. and it's going nowhere right so then you could be suffering from um, trans epidermal water loss yeah. because you're not getting to that dermal layer yeah. and creating that that hyaluronic acid. Medical grade skincare, you are. Yeah. So if you're on the right skincare, you're mm-hmm. always creating hydration. Yeah. And like I said earlier, reducing oil, increasing hydration. Good. But I mean, you're lucky if you're maybe getting a few layers into that epidermis. Yeah. Lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to access that 10th layer. You yeah. need to be in that dermal layer. Um, so like elastin, we talked about earlier, what you caught off marketplace yeah. for free. Yeah. Um, they have a new HA Immerse, which is a clinically proven hyaluronic acid system Mm. that has such a fine molecular weight and such fine particles that is it's clinically proven to access all 10 layers of our skin. Oh, wow. And then in long-term use, it's actually upregulating our ability to create hyaluronic acid. So now are you not only hydrated, you're Mm. actually creating your own hydration. That's impressive. It's that phenomenal. Products can I've been, do this yeah, for you. I've been using it for the past couple of months and I've mm-hmm. noticed a huge increase mm-hmm. in my, my skin's hydration. And I'd like to point out too with yes. slugging, the only time that it would be safe or beneficial to mm-hmm. do something like that would be a post laser procedure. Okay. When the skin is raw, mm-hmm. when you've removed either all of it or a yeah. portion of it. Um, that's when you would be putting something like petroleum or mm-hmm. Vaseline on to protect the raw open yeah. skin other than that and you only do that for a day or two right um and then you get back to your medical grade mm-hmm. skincare yeah so other than that no please mm-hmm. stop putting that on your face yeah it's it's so viral right now and it's all the videos I see because I I'll watch TikToks but like on my Instagram and even um celebrities they're like I slug a few times a week and I'm like but for what yeah. Because like, they also think that it's locking in the products that they just put on. And it's like, well, where's it going to go, though? Yeah. So I don't know. If you're on good skincare, they're locked in. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Like, the product has penetrated into where it needs to be. It's not like your product has gone into the dermis <laughs> and then it's back out. jumping back out. Yeah. That yeah, makes exactly. absolutely no sense on any scientific level whatsoever. Mm-hmm. When the germs and the surgeons and the and the physicians start coming out and the scientists saying slugging is good, then we'll yeah. start slugging. But at this point, all I've seen is all of the experts saying, please stop doing yeah, what you're doing. Exactly. And I just wanted to say that because I felt like you would be like, let's not do that. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Um, okay. So one last thing that I want to bring up and then we'll wrap it up here is confidence because you are someone who I feel just has a lot of it whether you know it or not you're always like you just told yourself that like I know my worth all a lie (laughs) no I I totally feel that I feel that too but it's like inspiring though because that's how 
you know, I want to be, I want to be like, yes, I know who I am and I love who I am and I'm working and I'm getting there and I'm pretty good at, for being 19, but it's, do you know that you're coming across to people with like a nice confidence? It's not cocky confidence. Right. You know, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. I have had my struggles for sure in my life with, you know, body positivity and I'm uh, there are lots of parts of me that I am not happy with that I would change if I could but I try and walk around with my head held high I try and exude Mm self-confidence because I think it's really important to try and love yourself regardless of if there are things that you do or don't love about yourself. There are lots of things that I don't love about myself that I would change if I could, but there Mm -hmm. are lots of things about myself that I do love. Yeah. So I try and focus on those things. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't see me right now, but I have my natural curls. Mm -hmm. And uh, my six-year-old is really struggling right now with her curls. Yeah. Oh, I love her curls. I know. She's got the most – she looks like Shirley Temple. She's got the most beautiful curls. And um, there's a couple girls in cheerleading who are making fun of her hair. Mm. And she's struggling. And she's Mm. struggled with it for a while because people have always made fun of her short curls. And – 99% of people will say how stunning she is and how much they love her hair, but it's that 1% that always sticks with you. You will always remember the negative comments. You will struggle to remember the good ones. And it's awful. She's six. She's six. Yeah. And she's already disliking her hair. Mm. So I now, I'm going, okay, I don't like my curls. Mm -hmm. But to show her that it's okay to have curly hair, it's beautiful to have curly hair, Mm -hmm. I'm now wearing my hair curly. Mm -hmm. Because she said the other day, well, mom, you have curly hair. Why do you straighten it? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. We've come to that point. Yeah. You know what? I will still straighten my hair. I will still blow it out. And I've told her it's okay to do that when you get older. But it's about loving yourself regardless Mm -hmm. of what other people think yeah um and oh yeah if you know me well Mm -hmm. I was complaining about my thighs yesterday Mm. I you know I hate my dimples I don't like this I don't like that Mm. but I think overall you just have to be grateful for what you have realize that it could be a whole hell of a lot worse Mm -hmm. focus on the things that you do like um and just try and constantly like I do my Botox to keep my skin wrinkle free. Mm-hmm. I do fillers uh, to keep my skin plump and to yeah. give me the bone structure I want to give me the definition that I don't mm-hmm. naturally have. Um, a huge part of why I got into this industry was because I was insecure and I mm-hmm. didn't have the confidence um, because I wasn't blessed genetically like some of us ah. with certain things that mm-hmm. I felt were important. Right. And so that really propelled me to get into this industry to instill confidence in other people when Mm -hmm. you look good you feel good and it's really important I think for women especially to feel Mm -hmm. good yes um and yeah I've been told you know that I I'm intimidating and that I can come across as too much and I take up a lot of space yes I know I do um but I try and own it and I'm not for everyone yeah and I know that you have your people yeah and you know what? And that's what I told Scarlett last night when she was upset about these girls being mean to her at cheer. Mm -hmm. I said, they're not your people and they're not worth your time. They're not worth your energy. Mm -hmm. Focus on those that do love you and support you. And the rest is background noise. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Be a queen. Exactly. Okay. I have one last question. I know I said the last one would Uh be the last, but you, something you said made me think of it. Um, and I'm going to read it exactly as it is because or else I'm going to 
butcher it. What are your thoughts on people who think fillers and treatments are a form of botching yourself or becoming fake? Um, I think that the industry has really done a disservice mm -hmm. on injectables. Yeah. Um, I think that it can definitely go wrong. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there with a needle in their hand that shouldn't Absolutely. be injecting. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are in the city. Um, yeah. People don't understand that not only can you look bad, but it actually can be really dangerous mm -hmm. if it's not in the right hand. Mm -hmm. um, I pride myself on the fact that I feel like I work for one of the best injectors in the you know, country, let mm. alone in the lower mainland. She's yeah. phenomenal. She was mm -hmm. just in Austria at a, wow. at a conference for, oh, um, wow. you know, only a specific few chosen physicians. Yeah. She's extremely good at what she does. Mm -hmm. Um, but more importantly, she's safe. Yeah. And so there's a lot of misconception now that fillers make you look overdone. They mm. make you look weird. They distort your face. They don't, unless you're being over injected, mm -hmm. you're being overfilled. Yeah. Um, so I love them. I, I think fillers are here mm -hmm. to stay. They're not mm -hmm. going anywhere. I think that they do so much for our face when they're in the right hand. Mm -hmm. Um, love me some Botox. Yeah. There is nothing mm -hmm. Botox, Xeomin, Dysport. They're all neuromodulators. They're just mm -hmm. different forms. Yeah. Um, they all do the same thing essentially. And nothing can compare. And a lot of times in consult, patients will say, oh, you know, there's just something about putting a toxin into my body that makes ah. me feel uncomfortable. There are over 600 medical indications for Botox. Mm -hmm. um, you can put it into babies. Mm. Um, you can put it into children with lazy eyes and, yeah. and spasming of the eye. That's how Botox became cosmetic. Mm -hmm. It was always a medical drug. Yeah. And it became a cosmetic drug because they just found out, oh, well, it also works on wrinkles. Mm -hmm. Well, I so, was... There's lots of safety there. Yeah, if I wasn't an actor and needed full mobility of my face, I would 100% get Botox for my migraines. Yeah. But it's just I it's want very these, therapeutic. Yeah, I just I need these little forehead lines when yeah. I react. But one day I will get the Botox. When we I'm do older. have a lot of actresses at the clinic. Mm -hmm. um, I have quite a famous actress as a patient. I can't oh. say who, but she. Can you tell me after? <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Um, she's phenomenal and I just love her. And mm -hmm. she has full expression, but she does Botox. Okay. Um, you can do what's called microdosing, okay. whereas you just reduce the movement, you mm. reduce the the depth of the wrinkle, mm -hmm. but you still have the ability to use your muscle. Okay. And then there's full clinical dosing where you remove the ability to use that muscle entirely. Mm. So we have a lot of actresses and actors at the clinic who do injectables, but um they just do less. Okay. They don't do a full clinical dose. Good to know because these migraines, yeah. I tell you. Yep. Um, okay, last thing. Is there anything that you want to plug or anything you want to say? Shout out to the clinic. Anything? Any last words? We'll always shout out to Beauty 2.0. Yeah. Um, shout out to Dr. Finding mm -hmm. and her husband, Mal. Yes. You know, they are two of the best people on this planet and I wouldn't be where I am without mm -hmm. Dr. Finding especially. Right. You know, taking me under her wing and mm -hmm. giving me all that she's given me. So yeah. I, I have to thank her greatly for that. I'm very, very blessed mm -hmm. to be where I am in this industry um, and loving what I do every yeah. single day. Yeah, that's important. It's huge. You yeah. know, waking up every day and loving what you do is so important. Yeah. Um, and just again, I want to reiterate 
safety. Mm. You know, as much as I love skin and skin is what I do, I don't do yeah. injectables. That's um, for her and the, the doctors and the nurses. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's a lot that can go wrong. Do your research. Yeah. Um, if a clinic can get you in tomorrow, there's a reason mm. for why they can get you in tomorrow. Right. People don't want to wait six months to get in. They don't want to wait three months to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a reason why you're waiting to see our injectors. Yeah. They are good. Yeah. Um, they are well-trained, they are highly skilled, mm-hmm. and they're safe. Um, so, yeah, the biggest takeaway would be find a good injector. Yeah. If it's not us, that's fine, but go somewhere reputable. And for the love of God, stop spending your money on <laughs> crappy skincare. Yeah. Please. Just spend it on the good stuff. Educate yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's huge. Educating yourself and knowing what you're putting on your skin and what things actually are because you can use what works great for your friend but it's awful for your skin we're all different yeah and by the time you end up spending hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. on different skincare products from the drugstore sephora or you know the bay you would have spent half of that on Mm -hmm. quality skincare that would have actually changed your skin and Mm -hmm. And healed it. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks I had a blast. I love talking about skincare. You um, know I do. So yeah, I'm exactly. always game. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky to to know you. Anytime oh. I say I know a medical esthetician personally, people are like, "Oh, look at you!" And I'm like, "I know." I'll keep you young forever. Yes, thank you. <laughs>